Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. During the World Series, PETA, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, released a statement urging Major League Baseball to change the term where pitchers warm up their arms from bullpen to armpen. I swear to God, I am not making this up. PETA sent a tweet on October 28th stating, and I quote, Bullpen refers to the area of a bull's pen, where bulls are held before they are slaughtered. It's a word with specious roots, and we can do better than that. Switching to arm barn would be a home run for baseball fans, players, and animals. Muscle arm emoji, baseball emoji, end quote. PETA has reportedly provided other ideas, including, and not limited to, changing the material of baseballs, mitts and gloves, and sneakers from leather to pleather because it's cruelty-free, and pleather's so hot right now, and the vegan babes go for a guy in a pleather jacket. PETA has also suggested changing the bats from wood to recyclable plastic because the rainforest or something, and hiring local Peloton clubs to power every stadium during night games because climate change or something. Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred said he'll get right back to them as soon as he finds his dignity after awarding the World Series trophy to the Atlanta Braves. With apologies to satire, I'm Ryan McCarthy, and welcome to No Credentials Required. is no credentials required covering sports around the mighty 518 part of the belly up sports podcast network in association with godzilla media here is your host ryan mccarthy hello everyone and welcome to no credentials required we are brought to you by belly up sports in association with godzilla media for continue just want to remind you about first of all remind you about our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, search for BellyUpNCR, Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR, and on YouTube, 
just search for no credentials required. And also you want to what you want to do on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, then hit the notifications button just in case there's a clip there are clips coming up on future shows or during future shows and check out clips on there and listen to the full episode on whichever podcast platform you prefer, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play, Podchaser, any any subscription, anywhere you can subscribe to a podcast. Also, please be kind. Give us a review. Five stars are preferred. You can also you can also write a review on Apple Podcasts. Like this one from HockeyFan432, which says, Awesome show that brings new takes every episode and has guests. Yes, we have guests. We're going to have guests again, like we had last episode, episode 43, with my nephew Christian. Go ahead and take a look, listen to that episode. Not now, but go back and listen. And we also have one from Doghouse JB, which says, This is a great podcast that has that always has very interesting guests. Definitely worth a listen. Thank you very much, guys. I really do appreciate the reviews. And again, leave a review, leave a rating. Five stars is preferred. So I know you like this podcast. I mean, you want to listen to this podcast. <laughs> All right, folks, let's get into the nitty gritty of this episode. This is going to be the uh, what I call the Monday drop in where I talk about the local sports beat here in the Albany, New York area. Also going to talk about the, what I'm calling the Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view, where I talk about the New York jets and the New Jersey devils. So let's dig into the Albany, the mighty five, one, eight sports beat. First of all, we're going to talk about the Albany firewolves. They hosted their inaugural open house on October 30th. Welcome fans for free to watch an open, open practice. See the new fields coming up on uh, December 18th for their home opener and also to, le- to select seats for their, their party zone for season tickets uh, for flex packages. I went down there. It was a pretty fun time. It was a pretty good time just talking to just going to talk to some players, good to take some pictures, do some video. Uh, a couple of videos are on our Instagram page, uh, which is again, belly up and CR. Uh, th- what they're going to do for our, the next couple of weeks, they're going to be playing a series of exhibition games in Canada and also in Western New York and Buffalo and Rochester as head coach Glenn Clark pairs down the roster. And then the Firewolves will finally open their season on December 4th against Toronto in Hamilton uh, to kind of <laughs> to uh, kind of explain things to you. The Toronto Rock for years, they play at the Air Canada Center. They decided to move their operations from Toronto to Hamilton, where they'll play in, I think it was called the Cops Coliseum, but I'm not sure if it's still called that anymore. Uh, but they decided to move operations, have their have host their games there. Box lacrosse or indoor lacrosse or arena lacrosse, very popular in Canada, trying to get to move to the new US and have more kids play there. But anyway, so I get we got after practice, we uh Members in the media had the chance to talk to several players. I'll talk. I'll uh, play some clips for you. Uh, the first is from Joe Nardella, Brad Smith, and Kyle Clancy. They're all forwards. Uh, I believe, if I remember correctly, Kyle Clancy played at UAlbany. What I did was I asked them about the crowd they saw at the PLL event, the Premier Lacrosse League event, at Casey Field in Albany back in August. And I asked them each if they, what they hope that momentum carries over from the event in August to uh, packing the house, so to speak in, uh, in December. I also asked questions to uh, Riley O'Connor and Joe Resataris. 
who also played at U Albany. I asked them about their biggest hope on growing the game in Albany. So here's that clip. Some of you were at the uh, PLL event in uh, August. I was hope, uh, wondering if you guys would hope that some of the momentum that the crowds being at Casey Stadium would carry over would carry over into uh, the soon-to-be-named uh, uh, arena here. Because not Tommy Junior Center now, but it might change their name. So, but you're hoping that that will carry over to here to here. Yeah, I'm hoping we want up. You know, the attendance that we had at Casey Stadium for the PLL, obviously. Albany has shown out. I've coached in college and we played there and I thought it was a great stadium. So obviously a very natural fan base here that's accustomed to good lacrosse and we're hoping to bring that to them. And hopefully it'll be an awesome atmosphere that we can really just beat up on teams when they come visit. Yeah, like the, the roots run deep up here uh, in that PLL weekend. Uh, we had a rain delay for like two and a half hours. I remember everyone stayed around. Everyone toughed it out through the rain and came back out when we started. I think we uh, got going around 11 p.m. So uh, if that's any indication of what the, the fan base and support is like up here, I am I'm pumped to see uh, a full arena here. Well, for me, the best the best atmosphere I ever played in at any level was in Albany College. I mean, there were no games. There were no games better than the ones played at uh, Casey Stadium. That was the loudest by far, especially those when we were hosting uh, hosting those playoff games, first round, round of 16 games. Uh, thinking back to North Carolina and Richmond, those were those were loud. And it doesn't matter what kind of weather, Albany showed it out. So uh, and and the pro game too. Um, when we were touring around for for the PLL the past couple of years, I thought far and away Albany was was the best. Best location by far with the fans. The way they show out here, it's, it's awesome. Other than winning a cup, what's your biggest hope to to for the uh, to, to bring fans into the into the game? Those who are relatively new to the sport, or those who play or watch lacrosse before, uh, what are your hopes to kind of bring in into a box setting? Yeah, I think just growing the game. You know, Joe and I. You know, Along with that, like we just love the sport, we're passionate about the sport. So just to see it continue to grow, and you know, I think this past week it just got announced there's an ESPN deal, right? So like that's huge for our sport, our team, um, our league, and that really excites me. Um, and then obviously, yeah, like you said, the ultimate goal here is is to win the NL Champions Cup and and to share it with our our fan base, our community, our family. Um, that, that's why we play. So. Looking forward to that. Yeah, the you know the growth of this sport is you know the main thing, obviously, other than winning the cup, like you said. But uh, you know the way the direction the league's been going with you know expansion and adding some you know more talent into this league, that's going to draw more attention from you know the young viewers or people who don't know much about uh, the indoor game. You know they see some you know some bigger names from the field game coming in, and that's. You know the growth of that, and you know, and that type of stuff to the to our league is it's going to go a long way for us. You know, in the long run. So. All right, moving on from the Firewolves over to the Albany Empire. Last we saw them, confetti was raining down on the Times Union Center turf as the Albany Empire won their first ever National League Championship, beating the Columbus Lions in grand fashion. We fast forward to October the 8th, and the National Arena League has announced that next se- next season, starting next season, 
the league would be switching over to Iron Man rules. Now, for those of you who are unfamiliar with Iron Man style, Iron Man style indicates that majority of the players will be playing majority of precision players will be playing on both sides of the ball. Where, so example, if you play offensive line, you're going to also play defensive line. If you play wide receiver, you're also going to be playing either linebacker or defense Mac linebacker or, or defensive back. So they announced they're going to do that this season. Then October 28th, the next week, October 15th, they announced the rules for, Iron Man, and these were the rules of the state. This is coming from the uh, National League website. It says, Iron Man football refers to when the same players from opposing teams play offense, defense, and special teams. Each team may designate two offensive and defensive specialists and one for special teams, usually the kicker. All other players will be considered Iron Man, a.k.a. two-way players. Now, they also announced substitution rules. So what it says is that the uh, this is again coming from the website it says at the beginning of each quarter and any overtimes the Iron Man players on the field who start that quarter may leave the game and return later in the same quarter. For the Iron Man players that do not start the quarter, once they leave the game, they may not return for the rest of that quarter. All players are eligible to return the next quarter as the process starts again. The specialists will play the designated position for the entire game. While you may designate any position as a specialist, teams typically designate their quarterback and one wide receiver as their offensive specialists and two defensive backs as their defensive specialists. NAL roster remains unchanged for the 2022 season. All teams may carry up to 25 players with 21 being active for the game. Now, what does this mean? Um, basically what it means, what it says in that you get 21 roster players, Five players are designated as specialists, two on offense, two on defense, one special teams against usually the kicker. So we're going back to old school rules, basically. <laughs> uh, arena football, when I remember when it was first in the uh, Albany area, when it started in 1987, it was each player position plays two ways, with the exception of the kicker and the quarterback. Uh, wide receivers play defensive back or linebacker fullback usually played linebacker once one linebacker and you had offensive defensive lineman playing both sides of the ball uh, those rules kind of changed back in back in 1994 uh, when they announced that you could have two offensive you could have two offensive specialists and one defensive specialist so one player would on offense would be a wide receiver who would be just playing wide receiver for the remainder of the game, all for the entire game. And one defensive back would be playing defensive back for the entirety of the game. All other players would be interchangeable on offensive line and defensive line, linebackers, wide receivers, fullbacks. You get the idea. I, oh, I hope you get the idea. <laughs> if you don't, you can tweet the account at, at belly up NCR. If it wants more explanation and actually I'll have a special announcement at the end of the show going to bring on somebody uh, a friend of mine in a couple of weeks to explain a little bit more about the iron man game so we'll get to that in just as we'll get to that in a few minutes uh, but two days before the announcement of iron man rules came a bombshell of a story it was dropped by mark singles of the albany times union he had the chance to interview quarterback tommy grady who has been with the team the last two last three seasons Two in the regular, two in the old school arena football league, and one in the national arena league. 
and he dropped accusations that Empire Management was, quote, by far the worst experience of my career of any organization, unquote. He disputed that they, they still owe him a playoff bonus, and he complained about the perfect practice facilities being substandard. And I guess there was a report that he, he insinuated that uh, they avoided insurance claims because they had their practices in Massachusetts. It's a whole thing. Unfortunately, the, the article's under articles behind a paywall now, so you can't really get to it, <laughs> which is unfortunate because it's a, it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty sad story. It's a pretty big accusation, and it was investigated further uh, by the by team president Jeff Levac. You may know him from the Godzilla media side as on Levac and Gaz, and by nationally really commissioner uh, mark um chris chris godfrey uh, chris siegfried did an investigation they find there was no wrongdoing every player was paid their due and the league suspended grady indefinitely so grady who now lives in arizona he stated that he enjoyed his time in albany with the team with the fans but wants to move on from this and you know, he says it's not better but you know he says what is it is what it is but it's just overall, this is a surprisingly sad story. And I want to try to have uh, my Levac on uh, in the next couple episodes, just kind of talk about the situation a little bit. I guess he's been, he's been surprisingly more open about it, uh, especially the, uh, considering the uh, release that came out the same day it happened, the same day that Grady made that accusation. Uh, he said that the, the, uh, and, this is what the press release says from the statement from the Albany Empire and the NAL. And this is what it says, quote, the mission from the beginning has been to provide the capital region with a team they can be proud of and that players want to play for. We feel we have achieved both on our way to the 2021 National Arena League Championship, even when facing a rush season amidst the pandemic. It's been confirmed by both Albany and, and the league that players were compensated to the full extent allowed by the NAL. Albany Empire team president Jeff Levac said, quote, the Albany Empire prides itself on being a championship organization, both on the field and in our facilities. The recent comments from court, former quarterback Tommy Grady have been investigated and all contractual agreements have been met. We were made aware yesterday, 10-14-2021, that Grady has been suspended indefinitely by the league, end quote. Nationally really Commissioner Chris Siegfried commented, saying, quote, I have confirmed with the Albany ownership group that all all Empire players were paid what was contractually guaranteed. Making false statements, making false comments around a team or its owners is considered conduct detrimental to the league and is ground for suspension. Siegfried continued, if a player has a legitimate complaint, they should contact the league immediately and file a grievance. This is how most professional sports leagues operate, and the NAL is no different, end quote. Empire coaching staff led by head coach Tom Anas is currently building a roster for the upcoming 2022 season. Brandon Cisse, Kenneth Magruder, Malik Brown, and David Pindell have all re-signed. Look forward to Empire's first season in Ironman football. Yeah, it's just an incredibly sad story, and right now the team is focused on building for next season, and that includes resigning players from last season. So if they resign a number of players from last season, they're bringing in more players as we, as I, as I record, uh, they've brought in some more players and we'll see what happens in 2022. Uh, and I, I hope, you know, I just hope, I just hope this is uh, this won't be 
detrimental to the growth of Albany uh, arena football in Albany. Now moving on to the Adirondack Thunder, the ECHL affiliate of the New Jersey Devils. They wrapped up a three game stint in Newfoundland this weekend. Thunder lost two out of the three matches to the Growlers, who are the ECHL affiliate of the Toronto Maple Leafs. They lost 4-1 on Friday night, rebound with a 6-4-1 on Saturday, and today, Sunday, they were blanked by the Growlers 4 to nothing. They returned home to the cool insuring arena to face the Utah Grizzlies this weekend for a three-game series on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Currently, the Thunder sit in fourth place in the North Division with a 2-3-1 and one record. Team leaders include Clifton Park's own Pete McArthur, who leads the team in six, with six points. Blake Thompson leads all defensemen with five points. And rookie Merrick Mittens is the goaltending leader with a 2-1-1 one, one record, including a 2-9-5 goals against average and an 8-9-6 save percentage. So, a little professional hockey going on. Go ahead and see a game. That's where I'm going to hopefully see a game myself. I guess what happened was at the Cool Arena, Cool Insurance Arena. They've, they've come out with their with their standards for uh, for attending games. They have maximized attendance at around five thousand because I don't want standing room. So there's no standing room only right now. They recommend masks masks for everyone who's been vaccinated. They are putting in a policy for those who are unvaccinated to mask up at all times. Uh, except when you're seated at your, except when you're seated at your seat. So, yeah, I mean, making it safe for everybody, and you know, hopefully we'll get this, we'll get past the point where we don't have to wear masks anymore uh, when we go out to games. So, we'll see. All right, so that's going to end this the, the Muddy Five One Eight Sports Beat. Now let's take a quick word from on the Godzilla Media side from Mohawk Honda. The current supply and demand challenges within the auto industry makes this a perfect time for you to get top dollar for your vehicle. Right now at Mohawk Honda, you can take the you can take advantage of the Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash offer. It will put cash in your hand for your vehicle the same day you come in, even if you don't buy from them. It's a pretty sweet deal, especially for all those recent college grads or students in need of a new ride or some extra cash. Mohawk Honda has consistently kept their lot fully stocked with hundreds of pre-owned vehicles. Their large inventory makes shopping fun as you browse through the many makes and models to choose from. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You can also check out their full selection online at MohawkHonda.com. Stop in and say hi to Greg Johnson, the assistant GM. Jake Hot Sauce Doyle, Louis the VIP Man Morales, one of many, one of the many helpful sales consultants at Mohawk Honda. From personal experience, Evan was my sales consultant. He was an awesome dude. He walked me through pretty much every car I wanted to try out. Settled on a 2016 Honda HRV. It's awesome. It's got all-wheel drive. It's a perfect car for winter. Perfect car for me because I'm just it's just me traveling. <laughs> so there's a vast selection of Honda pre-certified 
Honda certified pre-owned vehicles like my 2016 HRV. So now is the time to take advantage of the Kelly Blue Book instant cash offer. Mohawk Honda in Glenville will they always go out of their way to please you. And when you go over, you want to buy a car, see Evan and tell him that Ryan from the No Credentials Required podcast sent you. All right, so let's go to our Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. We're going to talk about the New York Jets and their last two games. Now, Zach Wilson's obviously out. He's not in the IR, which is interesting. He's a uh, he's been a he's been a he hasn't been on the roster. They traded for Joe Flacco. It seemed to be on an unnecessary trade because Mike White came in last on Halloween <laughs> in their all black uniforms. Lit the lit up the Bengals for 405 yards and three touchdowns, completing 37 passes, which is for a Jets quarterback, it's un it's unheard of over the last I probably say decade, <laughs> uh, considering all the all, all the ups and downs they've been through. But Jets fans, myself except myself included, we were very excited to see what Mike White would do on national television in front of a live in, in front of a national audience. Unfortunately, that really didn't come to be uh, on the second on the second on the second series. White threw a touchdown to Elijah Moore uh, for his and, and Moore scored his first NFL touchdown, which was great. But on that same play, uh, White's White hit his forearm, lost feeling in his hand, couldn't get the feeling back. It eventually came back, but by the time it came back, the it was fade out complete. <laughs> Uh, the, the game was well out of hand. The Devils lost. At, no, sorry, the, the Devils. The, the Jets lost again, forty-five to thirty against the Indianapolis Colts. And let's just say this. Let me just let me just give it to you straight. The Devils. The, the Devils. My gosh, <laughs> get my teams confused. The Jets' defense is a sieve right now, and part of the reason is because of injury. Uh, Part of the reason is because of injury. They've lost a lot of guys to injury, including Marcus May, who unfortunately he he tore a ruptured his Achilles tendon during the game. Uh, he went out early in the game with a calf injury, decided to tough it out, came back in, and eventually uh, he ruptured his Achilles tendon, which is really sad because coming into the season he was the he was the franchise guy. And uh, he was he's a franchise tag on him. He, he came. He he was he's a good soldier. He came to every practice. Came to every OTA practice. And it's unfortunate that he that has happened to him. And it's very sad. To see, it's very sad. And you know all the stuff that the devil the, the the Jets have been through this year. The last guy you wanted to see go out of the lineup was was Marcus May. And he was starting to become the heart and soul of that defense, along with C.J. Mosley. They're going to be the anchors of that defense for the next at least five years. But right now, the Jets have a franchise tag on him, so he doesn't have. So right now, the, the end of his contract is the end of his contract with the Jets this year. And it's sad because I wish I, I wish that he and Doe Douglas would have come to an agreement before the season, and they would have signed him to a long term deal. Um. Joe Douglas is one of those one and done type guys. I mean, he, he wants you to prove that you're worth what you think you're worth. And unfortunately, and 
need the Marcus may not be able to not being able to complete the season is just uh it's really sad so so that came to be um Carl Lawson obviously he tore his Achilles tendon during the preseason and Vinnie Curry he was lost because he had a blood disorder so lots of injuries on that side of the ball and that just seems to be the this seems to be the the theme for this very young team and again, the Jets are a very young team overall. Very few guys in their 30s on that squad. Uh, quite a few guys in their in their uh, late 20s. Lots of guys in their mid 20s, or, or uh, lots of guys in their in their mid 20s are still learning the game. The Jets have a very young lineup, especially defensively, and the secondary. Uh, I mean, you can kind of see it in the scheme. And again, Robert Sala is also learning his. He's t- getting his feet wet, and he, boy, is he getting get fired. Boy, he's getting a trial by fire this year on the defensive side of the ball because this was a guy who came in who orchestrated the the 49ers defense they have right now that went to the Super Bowl two seasons ago. And now he people look at him and they think, oh, this, is a guy, this guy was a defensive genius? My God, why is his defense so terrible? But again, you got guys, you got Salah who's still learning the ropes as a head coach. You've got rookies and seldomly used guys on the on the defensive side of the ball. Right now, the def- the strength of the defense is the defensive line, but they haven't had a sack. They didn't have a sack last game. Uh, they couldn't get within two feet of Carson once. They were getting blown up by that Colts offensive line, and that's the type of offensive line I want to see the Jets be someday. I want the Jets to be. I'm, I'm jealous <laughs> as a football fan. Because the Colts have this unbelievable offensive line. They're aggressive. They're gritty. They will blow you up at the line of scrimmage. They'll protect their quarterback. And that's what that's why I want for the Jets. Right now, that's not to be. Because the Jets haven't allowed a clean sheet in terms of sacks since week 14 of the 2018 season against Buffalo. I will keep harping on that until the Jets don't allow a sack again. But now, going back to Mike White, he gets injured. Josh Johnson gets put in. Gets off to a slow start, but by the time he started getting things going, game was over. Game was over at that point. Jets were down by as many as 32. In the third quarter, Colts were blowing them out of the water. And, you know, you're, as a Jets fan, you, you kind of feel sick because you wonder, how could things get any worse from the New England game? They stepped up in the in the Bengals game against the Bengals. Defense stepped up big when they needed to. Finally, get get some turnovers that made a difference. And then in, in, against Indianapolis, they just they didn't show up. And offensively, again, <laughs> Rich Eisen put out the tweet as soon as Mike Mike White got hurt, and you can see that he wasn't going to return to the game. Rich Eisen of uh, Peacock sends this. Tweet that basically sums up the excitable dread as a New York Jets fan and says, This is why we can't have nice things. And that's right. That's right. We can't have nice things. Uh, I went up writing an article based on two different discussions this week on bellyupsports.com. It's called Four Reasons Why the New York Jets Are Cursed. And it was based on it was based on the uh, Can't Wait podcast uh, by with Connor Hughes, and it was also based on a talk on the Rod Peterson show on Friday after on Friday morning and Friday afternoon. I tagged them both in the, in my, uh, when I sent the link out 
Uh, it was liked by Connor Hughes and it was subtweeted by Rod Peterson saying it's a great read. So thank you both for, for considering, for uh, getting me, uh, for encouraging my article. But I don't know. I mean, if you believe in curses, okay. If you don't believe in curses, that's okay too. It's uh, what's whatever you want it to be. But to me, I, I, I finally, I'm finally convinced. I actually, we remember in episode 42 or 41, when I talked to my buddy, James, he asked me if the jets were cursed. I didn't believe they were after this week. I think they are. Hopefully they don't, they don't, they're not cursed for too long. I want this team to win. I want to see this team go to a Super Bowl. I want to see my team go to a Super Bowl. There are very few franchises in the NFL. And also, just forlorn, defensive forlorn franchises like the Detroit Lions, who look like they're going to look absolutely, just absolutely gutted for them. Cleveland Browns, you know their history. You've seen the, you've seen the 30 for 30. This is Believe Land. You you know how crestfallen they are when they see their team lose year after year after year, except for that one year in 2016. The New York Jets are in the, included in that group. We're we're star crossed, we're forlorn, and we just want to see our team win. It's been 53 years since we've been in this our team's been in the Super Bowl. Something's gotta change. Hopefully it changes soon. Otherwise, bang your bags and go to London. I'll root for another team. <laughs> Let's be honest. All right, now we've gone from the Jets to over to the New Jersey Devils. And the New Jersey Devils had themselves a little bit of a road trip going back to Cali. Cali, Cali, going back to Cali. No, I don't think so. <laughs> All right, I'll stop. Um, yeah, they had a three-game road trip in California after losing on Halloween afternoon against Columbus where uh, the treat of a win was tricked after after a 4-3 shootout loss. They go to Anaheim for their first game. Wednesday night, get, they get skunked in Anaheim 4-0. They looked, according to Coach Lindy Ruff, they look absolutely listless. They just seemed like they got off the plane. They just put their equipment on and went out and skated. And the, the, it showed as a <laughs> their performance showed. Only John Gibson shut them out. They He stopped all 28 shots. And Troy Terry scored two goals, continued, continued his scoring streak, and the Devils just didn't look like themselves. So they got skunked for nothing. Before that game, uh, Alexander Holtz was called up from Utica. He joined the club. Uh, Scott Wedgwood was released. He was put on waivers. He was claimed on waivers by Arizona. And he backed, hey, good for him. They back, he backed stopped them to their first win of the season. They took him a full month, put the poor, poor guy, took the, Poor Coyotes, a full month to get their first win of the season. But he helped them get it. Good for them. So Alex Holtz, he is with the team right now. He's currently with the big squad right now. He's in a line with Yegar Sharangovich and with Dawson, fellow rookie Dawson Mercer. So you got two guys who are rookies and one guy who's a second-year player on the same line. Uh, hopefully it's going to be entertaining. Let's see some goals. Let's see some points from the from that from that line. It's gonna be pretty pretty fun to watch them. Moving on to Friday night, they played the LA Kings. They went thirty up thirty eight miles up the road. Played the LA Kings at the Staples Center, and they wound up losing their game. That game three two in overtime. It was 
Mackenzie Blackwood's first game of the season. Uh, he was he spent time on the IR uh, with a heel injury. He had heel surgery before the season and was acting up. He also got his COVID shot, which I would which I will say, okay, great personal choice, but uh was really none of our business to begin with what his health history was. So whether or not he got the vaccine or not. From what I understand, he had COVID last year. Didn't really need it, but apparently antibodies be damned. Anywho, getting off that soapbox, <laughs> he made his first appearance in a devil's uniform, got the start on Friday night, performed pretty well. And again, Ty Smith had another turnover deep in the double zone, which led to the game-winning goal uh, by Alex Iafalo. Just 42, just under a minute into overtime, and the doubles went up, getting a point. They battled back, uh, getting a point for and did the overtime loss for the one point. So they lose 3-2. Next night, they travel up to San Jose. Quick turnaround game at the HP Pavilion. Uh, no, HP Center. <laughs> I had an HP pavilion. Pavilion. It was a pretty solid computer. Anyway, uh, travel up to the HP Center in San Jose to play the Sharks. Uh, fall behind early, get the goal back. Sharks break the tie. Doubles get the get the game tying goal. Uh, Yannick Hulkenen scored in the third period. Go to overtime. Nobody scores. Go to a shootout for the second time in six days. And the most unlikely hero wins the game for the Devils, defenseman Damon Severson. Let me tell you about the game he had on Friday night. He had the worst, probably the worst third period of a of a, of a Devils player I've ever seen. And I saw Damon uh, play in Albany. He's a good player, solid player. Uh, major, he's, now he's in the NHL, uh, one of the, one of the, a, handful, a handful of Albany Devils to go to the NHL. But anyway, he it was a sequence in the third period where he had three penalties in a row. Uh, the penalty hat trick, uh, tripping call, uh, high st- interference call, and a high second call it led to a power the go ahead power play goal for the Kings in the third period. Start off his night on Saturday with a penalty, and you're just like, oh my god, you feel for, you just feel for this guy. You're just like, what's going to happen? Is he going to be benched? Is it going to be this and that? Well, guess what? Saturday night, go to a shootout, go to round three for the Devils. And he winds up winning the game with this sweet goal. Breaks out the silky mitts, gets the deke on James Reimer, and puts in the back of the net. And the doubles go home from their California road trip happy. 3 2 win in San Jose. And let's look at the Eastern, sorry, the Metro. <laughs> let's go to the Metro standings at the moment for the Devils. So according to the Metro standings right now, Carolina's in first place with 18 points there. They are nine and one just lost their first game the other night against Florida Rangers in second. Then we have a three-way tie for third Philly, Columbus, Washington Islanders after that. And then the Islanders and doubles are tied for the sixth spot with 12 points apiece. doubles at five, three and two. This week, they host Florida on Tuesday. Then they host the Islanders on Thursday. And then finally wrap up things, wrap up the week on Saturday afternoon at home against Boston. So three away games, three home games coming up for the Devils. Let's see what they can do. Uh, uh, As far as the Jack Hughes uh, news goes, 
they announced last week that he would be out in addition he'll be reevaluated in five weeks. So he'll be out to December at least December with that separated shoulder. And I can notice I noticed that the the, the defense has, the offense, excuse me, has been a little bit lackluster with him out of the lineup. They're averaging about two and a half goals per game, which is a little bit up from last season, but I was expecting a breakout year from the guy. I still think he scores 60 points this year. He's obviously going to miss us. He hasn't played since game two. Uh, he went out early in the first period of game two. And I thought he was going to have a, he's going to have a breakout season. I think he'll, he'll store, he'll still score 60 points, but it's going to be well for him to come before he comes back. But I got hope that he comes back and he'll help the team break out offensively and win some more games and go into the Christmas break a much different team going to Christmas break a much different team and they'll still be in the hunt for a playoff spot. I think if they're, if they're, if, they're, if by the Olympic break, they're within an earshot of the playoffs, I'll consider that a success. Even if they don't miss, the, even if they don't make the playoffs. But that being said, this concludes our Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view segment. We're going to wrap up the show. We're going to tell you about a couple of upcoming interviews this week. Episode drops probably on Thursday. I'm going to have Manny Arsenault, Emmanuel Arsenault, former Canadian Football League wide receiver. This year he played for the IFL's Frisco Fighters. Talk to him about his CFL career. Talk about him. Talk to him about what he did during COVID and how he kept himself in pretty tremendous shape if you go to his twitter account he's in he's in really good shape obviously not my shape i'm round but <laughs> he's he's obviously uh, a professional athlete and does the work he puts the work in uh but we'll also want to talk to him see if maybe he'll come back to the cfl see if any cfl team wants him cfl teams want him or he's con- or if he's content in, pl- of, in uh staying in the ifl for next season and then in two weeks I'll have an interview with my friend, Tim Capper, who is Montreal native. He's co-host of the Alouette's Flight Deck podcast, and he's also the founder of arenafan.com. He is basically an arena football historian. So he <laughs> he knows his stuff about arena football. We're going to talk about arena football. We're going to talk about the CFL. We're going to do our, some talk about the Montreal Alouettes. It's, my, it's both of our favorite CFL teams. And we're just going to, chop it up and have a good conversation in the meantime thanks for listening to no credentials required again we are brought to you by belly up sports in association with godzilla media so i want to remind you go to our social media channels on twitter and instagram belly up ncr facebook.com forward slash belly up sports ncr and on youtube search no credentials required hit the notification hit the subscribe bell hit subscribe button hit the notification bell for clips of show interviews i had a little bit of a clip a five minute clip with my with my on my of my interview with my nephew you can watch that on on uh, youtube and just also go back and listen to the live episode you have my permission to go listen to the live the last episode now also go ahead and for podcasts spotify spreaker apple Podcasts, google play pod chaser leave a review five stars preferred five star rating preferred and maybe you'll get your reading, you'll, you'll get your review read on the air. So that's going to do it for me. I've been your host, Ryan McCarthy. Thanks for listening to No Credentials Required. 
and we'll see you around the mighty 518. Courtesy of Joseph McDade. Check him out and support his music at patreon.com forward slash Joseph McDade. Be sure to rate, share, and subscribe on multiple podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Spreaker. No credentials required as a Belly Up Sports Podcast Network production in association with Godzilla Media. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone.